Welcome to the Business of Agriculture, a podcast created to enlighten, inspire, and inform those who work in or depend on the world's most important endeavor, agriculture. Here's your host, Damian Mason. Welcome to the Business of Agriculture. So glad you're here. We've got a great show for you today because I got a great guest and an amazing topic, a topic you're going to be hearing more and more about moving forward. I'm recording this right now in January of 2021. So if you're listening to this three, four years from now, you might say, hey, man, Damien was in front of this whole entire movement because we're talking about carbon, carbon farming, getting paid to sequester carbon, getting paid by companies to do farming practices that are good for the environment. That's what we're talking about today with Kelly Garrett of Garrett Land and Cattle Company out of Denison, Iowa. Welcome to the Business of Agriculture, Mr. Garrett. Thank you, Damien. It's nice to be here. Um, I really appreciate you joining us. This is a hot topic that I think we're going to just really need to get into and hear a lot more about. Before we get into it, I want to remind our listeners that you can not only listen, you can also watch the Business of Agriculture on my YouTube channel. Go to the Damian Mason channel on YouTube and you'll see a bunch of playlists. Among them will be the Business of Agriculture and the Do Business Better podcast. Please hit subscribe and you'll be queued up to see this stuff all the time. Also reminding you that this episode, like so many others, is brought to you by my friends at Harvest Profit. Harvest Profit is an ag software solution for your agricultural enterprise. It works as hard to make you profitable as you work at your ag enterprise. Go to harvestprofit.com to learn more. All right, Kelly Garrett, I found out about this guy, dear listener and viewer. I'm reading the Wall Street Journal as I'm akin to do because I'm keeping up with the business of agriculture. And there's a cover story about farmers tapping into a new revenue source, carbon. And I'm like, wow, this is something I've already been intrigued about. I want to learn more about it. So I lined up Mr. Garrett. He's going to tell us all about it. But the quick, before we get into that, you're a farm guy. Real quickly about what you do there in Denison, Iowa. Uh, my wife, Amber, and I have three sons, Connor, Colin, and Cale. They're 21, 20, and 17. The older two are at Iowa State. They all three say they're going to come back to the farm. And uh, we farm about 6,300 acres with my mom and dad, uh, Gene and Kathy. I am the uh, fifth generation to live where I live. You know, the first Garrett came back here right after the Civil War and settled here. And uh, we've been here ever since. So we're a, a family farm with a long history in the area. Well, I think that's cool. 6,300 acres for people that are cranberry operators or almond people in California, uh, corn and soybeans for the most part, and then a little bit of wheat. Yes, corn and soybeans, a little bit of winter wheat, and we have about, oh, 400, 420 uh, beef cows, mama cows. Yeah, you do cow-calf operators, and you told me also when we were prepping that you keep your calves after they wean, you background them, take them up to a certain weight, and then they get sold on to the feed, a feed, a feed yard. Yeah, well, you know, you're going to sell 800 or 850-pound calves. Okay, so the reason I'm intrigued by this is we're going to hear more and more about environmental stuff. We're going to hear more and more about climate change. Right now, we've got a new administration in the in Washington, D.C. that is definitely pushing more, uh, more of this sort of thing. But you are ahead of the curve. You have a situation where you have a company, not even an ag company, a company called Shopify that's paying you money to do certain farming practices so they then can go to their customers and say, we are offsetting our carbon footprint yep. by 
putting our carbon on this farm in Iowa. Is that pretty well describe what's going on? Yes. You know, the consumers, especially on the east and west coast, they want to spend their money with a with a business, with a vendor that is uh, carbon neutral. They want to reduce their carbon footprint. You know, I've you get on American Airlines or United Airlines, they'll even take uh, donations to uh, buy carbon credits and reduce their carbon footprint. It's the it's the way of the future, I guess. And uh, all of a sudden it's here. Yeah. So it's it's part marketing because these large companies want to be able to tell their customers who say, we will spend money with you, uh, Shopify, uh, United Airlines, but we want to be sure that you are good stewards of the environment. And how are you offsetting your carbon? Because they still have to use carbon to, sh- we still emit carbon when we're flying airplanes or running those tanker tankers uh, across the, the sea or what have you. How did this come about for you? So I'm part of a website named extremeag.farm. It's a website of six high yield farmers across the United States and an agronomist is the seventh partner. One of the partners in North Carolina is a guy named Kevin Matthews, good friend of mine. And Brian Gipre of Locust Ag Solutions contacted Kevin and they were looking for an early adopter of uh, to be in the carbon market. And Locust Locus was working with a carbon market named uh, the Nori system, which is out of the Seattle, Washington area, I believe. And Brian described to him what he needed to do and things like that. And, you know, Kevin brought it to the rest of us. You know, we we talk or text every day. And I was pretty intrigued because I knew with my farming practices, you know, in Western Iowa, that uh, we would probably be a good candidate for it. So I contacted Brian and, you know, it, uh, it was, really is a low risk deal for us. We just needed to validate our information and see where we qualified, you know. Yeah, Kelly, real quickly though, um, a couple of those names, I wanna make sure I got it. Of course, extremeag.farm. And when you're done listening to this, dear listener and viewer, you can go and check that out. That's Kelly and six other people like himself that are progressive farm people that do that. So someone within that group was contacted by Locus and then you said Nori. Explain to those two companies again. Locus Egg Solutions is a biological company that sells products, and their main product is a is a biological like we'll put in furrow with the corn. It's called Rhizolizer Duo. Yeah. And the reason that Locus is involved in the carbon market is Rhizolizer helps sequester carbon, and by doing that, it also improves your yields. Uh, you know, it'll improve my corn yield because we need carbon for uh, carbon is energy. We need carbon in the soil to improve our yields, corn, beans, citrus. It doesn't matter the crop. Nori is the carbon marketplace. They are the ones that bring the buyers and sellers together. So Nori is a broker, a broker, if you will, that is out of Seattle. Doesn't matter where they are because you're in Iowa and they they operate by saying, here's this company that wants to pay money for carbon offsets. And then to do that, I need acres. Is that absolutely absolutely they they need acres in there where they need credits. They need carbon credits, which, you know, they come from acres. They need carbon credits in their system, in their marketplace to attract buyers. Okay, so you were contacted, or your organization that you're part of was contacted, and you pursued it with Nori, and then take me from there. So we pursued it with Nori. We, uh, my aunt is our uh, is our bookkeeper on the farm, 
and uh, she did the bulk of the work. I got to give, you know, Aunt Connie, I got to give her a lot of the credit. She, uh, she did a lot of the work. We needed to validate our farming practices for the last 10 years. And with validation, you know, it had to be third party documentation because they're not going to just trust you when you're talking about this amount of money, right? You got to be able to verify it. So what we, what we used were our FSA records for acres and we used our crop insurance, federal crop insurance for yield. And that showed the rotation, you know, corn sequesters more carbon than soybeans, so on and so forth. You know, our use of uh, cover crops, our use of manure, we have a fertilizer byproduct that we call plant food, putting our cattle out on the corn stalks to graze the corn stalks and, you know, and, you know, consume the corn stalks and the manure that comes out the back end of the cow, all those things, you know, helped our carbon score. And when we got done, Locus and Nori verified that we sequestered about 1.15 tons of carbon per acre per year. One and under 1.15 tons of carbon sequestration. Yep. Per acre per year. Per acre per year. Okay. And under Nori's, what Nori calls it the P5 program. That's what I'm in. I can sell the credits. Okay, and a ton is equal to a credit. So I sequestered 1.15 credits. And I can sell my credits from the years 2015 to 2019. So I ended up with about 22,750 credits. You said you could sell them from 2015. It's the year 2021. You, you mean this is retroactive? Yes. That's why, the, that's why this program was so attractive to me. There is no other program that will let you sell those la- the retroactive years. And, this and program, the, the value there was a big deal, obviously. When you call it this program, Kelly, are you talking about this program, meaning uh, uh, through Nori or something that I yeah. didn't click? Okay. No, through Nori. There are other carbon brokers out there, numerous other brokers. And I think now you see a lot of major ag companies across the United States all coming out with a program. And, and you know, I, I don't want to talk bad about anybody. I think they're probably all fine to work with. But f- from a farmer perspective, where I want to get the most bang for my buck, I want to make the most money selling those past five years is the only way to go for me. And yeah, so, I mean, we, you know, we, we were able to sell, you know, we ended up, well, you take five times 1.15 Damien, that's about 5.75 and the credits are worth about $15 right now. I mean, you're talking, uh, you're talking right at $80 an acre value there. Now, what you mean is when you said five, you sold years, you sold 2015 to 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19. That's that's how I sequestered that many credits, the, the sum of those five years. Yes. And that's across every acre. So what we're talking about there is, um, what would you say that the, the carbon, what was one ton worth? One ton, one ton or one credits worth $15. Okay. What if I, okay, well, I, I want to keep to my, my outline here because I have so many <laughs> questions to get through with you. You united with a company called Shopify. Shopify is a, a tech company. They're a, a West Coast tech company, right? Um, you had no real communication with them ahead of time. This is where this, this broker came in. Right. Nor, you know, Shopify expressed to Nori that they wanted to buy credits to offset the emissions from their Black Friday sales. So they bought 5,000 of our credits. We got a check for 75 grand and uh, they advertised that they offset their credits. You know, it's a, it's a feel good story. They're being environment. They're trying to be as stewards of the environment. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now 
I saw the Wall Street Journal says that there was a picture of you. They took it because Shopify wants to tell all of their customers, hey, look at this guy out here in Iowa. And you're holding a $75,000 check. Say, we paid this guy, a family farmer in Iowa. It's a good story. And that's where our carbon is going. Now, the thing is, how did you determine the comps. How did you know? Uh, had you had you been? Did you look at other places and say fifteen bucks is a good number? No, we you know once we committed to uh, Locus and Nori, we didn't look at anybody else. Um, you know, I read about a few of them lightly, but I didn't dive into them very far. And you know, the reason was I kind of committed to Nori. We developed a relationship with them. We had about fifty-five or sixty hours into the paperwork and the validation process. And again selling that five-year period was the biggest value, was the was the most money to be made. Um, there seems to be, I agree, there seems to be a bit of variability. Um, I, I'm reading, because this is something I find intriguing as it pertains to the business of agriculture, is there's going to be this increasing, growing thing called the carbon market. And in fact, uh, I just pointed out when I saw your article, I put it on social media, I said, I get it, but w- what is... What's if I want to sell a bushel of corn uh, uh, on a March 22 contract, I know how I can sell that and I know how much for and maybe a little bit of basis, whatever that thing is. How do I do that here? You'd have to contact a carbon broker, which there's quite a few of them and and see what they've got to offer. You know, uh, Nori, you know, I did use the analogy one time that Nori's like the board of trade for for carbon and and in a way it is but there are many carbon markets out there and you just need to identify with the one that you can work work most easily with that's in your area i guess or that you can uh, become acquainted with and you know i suppose at some point damien the government will probably become involved you know with the administration we've got now and it'll become more regulated which there'll be positives and minuses to that but right now it very much is you know you're just meeting someone and, and uh, brokering a deal. It's just a simple barter system. And it's right. very much a grassroots deal right now. Yeah. And there is a lot of variability. That's a good word. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's nascent. I mean, this is not something that we've been doing. You've been selling corn and soybeans since you were, you know, you were riding in the truck with your grandpa. I'm sure you get that. This is all pretty yep. new. It's, it's not the wild, wild west, but it's also sure, certainly not as well established as the whole Chicago board of trade, et cetera, et cetera. CME group, I guess, as it is. Um, you got a $75,000 check and that's for years that have already happened. What about last year and this year? The plan is that we will, validate again or verify again after the 2022 crop year and then we'll sell the years 2020 2021 and 2022 because we want to have a larger chunk when we do it that would be the idea and then you know you know you go back to locus's product riselizer they are telling and i have to i've yet to verify this i've had some good results in my irrigation but i've yet to verify this on a widespread manner they're saying locus advertises that the riselizer if you're sequestering one ton, which I approximately did, I will go to sequestering three ton. That is why they are involved in the carbon market is because of that product. And now when you're talking $15 a credit, Damien, you can see the value of sequestering three ton instead of one. Look at, look at not only are your yields going to go up, but look at the value you have in the carbon market. That's yeah. the whole, that's the play right there. Yeah, got it. Um, the contract. Uh, you told me about these different ones. It's not a standard. There's not a set one because you went from a five-year uh, history. Now you're talking about doing it with the next, you know, three. three. 
Yep. Can you do one? Can you do one where it says, "Here's what I'm going to do next year. Can I get paid for it next year when I do it?" Yes, there. You know, again with the variability, any carbon market that you find, I think you're going to find a. I think you're going to find a contract that you want to do that 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 is that is open to you. When I read the Wall Street Journal article in here, uh, it, it gave me a lot of thoughts, and I'm going to get to those as soon as I tell my listeners a reminder that the business of agriculture is brought to you by Harvest Profit. You know, Nick Horeb is a good dude. He's a he's a North Dakota guy. He's up in Fargo. Doesn't matter where he is because. You can do business with him regardless. He's got customers in 26 states, four Canadian provinces, because it's farmers and ag enterprise owners that want a software solution that helps their business thrive. Go to harvestprofit.com for a free 14-day trial. And you know what? Check out some of the articles that Nick Horab writes, because you're going to find he's a pretty sharp guy. He could actually give you some insights that you can use for your own business. All right. The Wall Street Journal article talked about 22 or 23,000 carbon credits that you had to sell and you sold 5,000 of them to Shopify. The determination was done through this third party uh, evaluator, I'm, I'm understanding, where they said, all right, the guy's got 6,300 acres and he's got, and they just start going through carbon scoring, if you will, said you do reduce tillage, right? Uh, all these different things. So, um, they looked at your tillage practices. They looked at uh, your cropping practices. They looked at your uh, livestock situation. And then is it an ag person doing this? Who comes up with what the carbon number is? Yes. Okay. So first of all, we only put about 3,200 acres into the program, just half our acres. And the acres we put in were like family owned ground, things like that, because there's a there's a contract that has to be signed, the assignment of authority. And, you know, being the first person to ever go through with this, we weren't comfortable asking landlords, things like that. So we basically just did family owned ground. So I have another 3,100 acres, 3,200 acres about that we're, uh, we're getting the NRTs now and we're talking to landlords going through all that. The third party wait, value. Wait, 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 in, in, in NRTs. All right. I got NBC, CBS, <laughs> NRT. And, what? NRT is uh, um, NRT is what is what Locus and Nori call a carbon credit. I don't know exactly what it stands for. That's embarrassing. I should be able to tell you that, but I don't. Yeah, it's a credit. It's a. I have another thirty three hundred acres that we are verifying right now, and we will be getting carbon credits for those, and hopefully we will double the amount of credits that we have because we we essentially have half our acres in the program right now to get those 22,750. But you've only sold, okay, so you've got 22,500 or 700 and some, so you've yep. sold 5,000 of them. What what about the rest? We sold 5,000 of them right away to Shopify. And now over the past 45 days, there have been other small purchases made that total about a 2,620 more credits. So at the end of January, I should get another check for just a shade over $39,000 is what it's going to be. Um, I can't tell you the names of the companies or individuals that have bought these other credits because they they don't publicize it. But uh, I just know it's a total of 2,620 credits. Your reasons for doing this, uh, obviously financial. You're, you're a business person. Uh, you know, I've, I've been bristling about this since the time I was a kid. Oh, that must be so nice out there with those cows and that, oh, that country life. I'm like, I knew when the time I was eight years old feeding those calves with the bottles. I'm like, this is a job. This is a business. We're trying to make a living out here. 
you're making a living out there and you're, you know, some years better than others. And you're saying, okay, there's the financial part. You obviously strike me as a person that looks at the long-term viability and sustainability of your farm. You talked about your kids possibly coming back, um, soil, uh, environment. Is there any other reason besides just the money and the, the soil? The money and the soil, um, you know, being involved in extreme ag, meeting farmers from across the nation, you know, trying to help people uh, with better farming practices, get a better ROI. That's what extreme ag is about. I very much want to be a positive voice for agriculture. And much like you said, Damien, that you, uh, everybody talks about this uh, romantic idea of, of living out here. It is. I think I'm very blessed. I'm glad I live where I live. But there are there are other documentaries I've watched. There's other articles. And there's such a disconnect between the people in the city and the people on the farm. We really are from two different worlds. And, you know, like the use of Roundup, they, you know, they, I think everybody thinks we're going to grow a third eye or something, you know, or or they all think that we're tilling the ground and, and that we're just dumping nitrogen out here to be harmful. You know, they, uh, there's, you know, you look at the livestock industry, they think that we're harmful to the cattle, we're harmful to the livestock, they're not happy. And uh, I wanna be a positive voice for agriculture. I want, I want the American people to know that we are good stewards of the environment, that we are doing a good job. The, the key to climate change is not in the air, it's in the ground. We need to sequester more carbon. And as a no-till farmer, I'm doing my I'm doing my part. Yeah. So there's a public relations aspect of it. And it does help that we in production ag can tout a good environmental story, which I've been telling my ag people and my friends out here. I live in the wintertime in Arizona. So the Paradise Valley, Arizona people that uh, are out here saying, yeah, well, I heard there's factory farms. I'm like, you know what? We're producing more with less than has ever happened in the 10,000 year history of, of agriculture. So I like the PR part of it. Is that all? Is that all that's in it for the company? You know, the companies that give you money, is that's all? Is yeah. it just PR, do you think, or is there something else? Um, I, I think that the, those companies or those consumers, I think they want to enact change. And let's be honest about it. The money that I got hasn't enacted any change. But if this takes off and grows, it will enact change. Farmers will change their practices to to sequester more carbon. People will spend their money with companies and businesses that are good stewards of the environment and we will enact climate change. You know, I, 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 I have no illusion or rose colored glasses on that what I did enacted change, but it's got to start somewhere. And I'm happy to be that guy. You yeah, know, it, I mean, uh, it's, it's remember, you know, I'm an ag econ guy. Economics at its very core is uh, human decision making. I explain that to people and they say, man, I tried taking economics class, all guns and butter and all that, you know, in, in uh, marginal rates return. I'm like, it's real simple. It's about human decision making. And you should understand this. Humans do two things. They do what they can get away with and they do what they're incentivized to do. Essentially, that's what it is. <laughs> economics at its very core. It's about decision making yep. and uh, it's about humans doing what they they can get away with or they do what they're incentivized to do. I want to be a good steward of the land. I was ninth in the nation soil judger back in uh, 1987 with the FFA. I wanted to be an agronomist. I uh, I got to Purdue. They handed me a biochemistry book and I quickly said, eh, we're going to change that. So anyway, I'm a soils guy and I think we should be doing the right thing anyway. But when there's a financial incentive, it not only, you know, because my organic farmer buddy says, hey, 
I do this as a business. I'm not a tree hugger. I'm just, I'm not a zealot. I'm a, I'm an organic farmer because I can make better margins and I didn't come into it with a great deal of capital. But you know what? He says, I got to make more money because those first three years I lose money, you know, things like that. So there's opportunities, I think, that could help a lot of different farming entities, whether it's you, a commodity producer, and or someone that's in a more niche category. Um, what would prevent a company from promoting that they're doing this without really doing it? Because they don't have to spend the money on their offsets. Yeah, that's what you I'm know, saying. So in other words, if I'm, if I'm just a greedy, if I'm just a greedy, evil uh, corporate tyrant, I could, uh, Kelly, just say, hey, you know what? We buy carbon offsets just like Shopify does. That's what we do. And then is anybody, is there, is there a policing right now? There's yeah. not really a policing system. There, no, there's no policing system. There's no watchdog, you know, um, Google on Google's homepage. I think it says they've been carbon free since, is it 2007 or something? It's at the bottom of the page. Um, oh, I hope they're telling the truth. Who yeah, knows if they are, there is no system. Okay. So I, How do you know? should I tell everybody I'm carbon neutral? I don't know. Uh, you know, it makes you wonder. Okay. I got to ask the obvious question. Uh, there's 350,000 cropland acres in the United States of America, right? There's 900,000 farmland acres. I think, I'm sorry, million, million, million. There's about, there's 183 million crop acres to be split between corn and beans. Give yeah. or take. I think the number, I think the number is, didn't they ever tell you you're not really supposed to correct the host, Kelly, for God's sakes. Well, you were struggling there a little bit. I wrote I wrote the book Food Fear, all about the business of agriculture. And here you are correcting me. Um, and we should tell our listeners, go to DamianMace.com, pick up your copy of Food Fear. It's an awesome food and ag book. Just sold a whole bunch of them to some people in Canada the other day. Uh, no, it's about, as I recall, like 340 million cropland acres when you figure wheat, flax, sorghum, everything. Yeah, about 180, 90 million of uh, corn and soybeans, which, of course, is what you're more familiar with. And I think there's 900 million farm ag acres total. So we got a lot of acres out here that we could do this carbon offset thing with. We're going to have more acres than we have buyers potentially. What's your thought? My thought is that a lot of people won't switch to no-till. You know, they're, they're going to believe that they need to do their tillage. And if you're not no-till, if you're tilling the ground, you're releasing carbon. So the program's not going to fit for you. And it's, you know, it's, it's much like the intensive management we do on our farm to get to higher yields, things like that. Some people want to hit the easy button and they're just not going to pay attention. They don't want to do the paperwork. They don't want to waste the time. Uh, I, that's definitely a possibility. There's more acres, but I doubt it. I doubt that many people will pay attention. There, there are people that will. And like you talked about being an early adopter, there are others that, uh, you know, you, you, I've driven, I've driven out there in, in, uh, Iowa and Southern Minnesota in January. And I saw all that beautiful prairie ground that had been tilled, some of even moldboard plowed. And I thought, I know why you're doing this because it's going to catch sunlight. It's going to get you those thermals and in April, and you're going to get out and plant, even though you shouldn't be planting corn April 15th in Minnesota, you're going to do it anyhow. Now, of course, you're losing eight tons of soil per year by doing that. Anyway, I'm, I'm a no-till proponent myself. So you think it's not going to, we're not going to outpace, we're not going to outpace availability of carbon buyers only because a lot of folks are going to stick with their cropping practices rather than making $15 an acre. Exactly. I mean, the, the people, you know, how often when you're talking to people and they'll be like, well, this is the way we've always done it. 
you know, this way we've always done it. We've always made a living. Why would we change? Why would we do something different? Uh, you know, the, the wait, wait, wait. Are you I, saying are you saying that farmers are stuck in their way and bullheaded and not adaptive to change? Yes, very much. Okay, you said it. It's my it's my guest that said it, dear listener. I would never say such a thing. Okay, it's it's a very stereotypical statement, but you know, I'm not. I don't work any harder. I'm not any smarter than any other farmer. The only thing that I would have. Uh, ahead of some people is I'm not afraid to try something new, you know, and we're, we're going to try it on a small basis and see what works. And then we'll adopt it to the whole farm. If it's good, there are more things that fail than work, but I never, I never stop trying to get better. I think and a lot true. of people want to hit the easy button and they just want to keep going forward. All right. I agree with you. And I think that's admirable. And, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm all about, uh, still looking ahead. And that's one of my big uh, things I talk about to my crowds what happens if you sell your farm tomorrow um, and you're we're, working? We're out, of, huh? we're out of the program. Okay. But, but, but you at least have gotten what you got for what you did. So, yeah. Okay. And then if, if there are forward paying, like, yep, as long as you do this every year, we're going to pay you. But then of course, if the new operator makes a change, then it's. Then he's, he'll be, he'll be out. Can I do pasture? Can I get carbon credit for my pasture? You know, I've been asked that question and they don't, they don't really have a good answer for that. This was on row crop was what, what they were touting and pushing. And, you know, the grass, the grass obviously is sequestering carbon. It's conducting photosynthesis. That's what sequestration is. Yeah. But uh, nobody really has a program on that yet. CRP ground to qualify. I, I I know that I've got 16 or 18 acres in CRP. And the only thing they told me is I can't harvest anything off it, but by golly, if I can make money, uh, is that something I'm allowed to do? Not, not under the program I was in. Uh, the grass is not it. It was a row crop program. Okay. All right. The future. Um, we, we're not all going to be doing this. We talked about it. Um, you said some people are just going to stick with what they do, but you know, there's going to be certain people that uh, decide to get on the carbon thing. What about 10 years from now? We're going to have electric cars. Uh, they just shut down the Keystone pipeline. <laughs> it's all going to be, it's all going to be, uh, you know, a different thing. Does this go away because we moved on to a new crisis? I'm being honest here. Um, in my opinion, no. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to get totally political on the Keystone Pipeline, things like that. But I, you know, you know, I, I have a couple friends in Des Moines that have a Tesla car. It's amazing. Never been in a car that can set you back in the seat that fast. And, it's, and, and it makes less noise than an electric golf cart. Oh, it's so quiet. Yeah. Uh, it was a wonderful experience to ride in. It. it was so it was neat. But to come out here and to think that it's going to be all electric out here in the country, you know, when you're uh, operating and you can't get close to that charging station, I don't know how we're going to accomplish that in 10 years. Never say never, yeah. but uh, it looks pretty far fetched to me. Living in Des Moines, yeah, living I, I, in I'm Omaha. Is, yeah, it's, like one, it's one thing to say you got a passenger car that's going to run around Des Moines and it goes and gets charged up. Now, now I got a 475 horse tractor over here that I need to actually. Uh, pull my uh 24 row planter uh <laughs> how are we going to do that with them yeah so exactly your point is, your, their point is certain things are still going to create carbon emissions uh, and even the elect and even generation of electricity creates carbon emissions so you think the carbon thing is longer than a 10-year play you think that this is something we can we're at the very beginning of and it's going to be five years 10 years 20 years from now i i believe it will because it's the key to climate change and i think it will do no, it will 
do nothing but grow that movement. Dan, Kelly, uh, by the way, we just lost your picture. There you are. You want to keep your your, your bald head on here for this, uh, the video. What have we not covered on this topic of carbon and carbon farming, if you will? Is that what you call it? Um, What have we not covered that we needed to for our listeners, for the people in this in this industry that are trying to learn more about it, which is really why I I, I said I was going to record this. And a bunch of my fans and followers says, please get us more information about this. Get a podcast. So I very much appreciate you being on. What do we not cover? I would just encourage you to, you know, reach out to Locus or reach out to the market you want to be in. I, I obviously think Locus is the best. They have uh, developed a carbon scorecard, and you're going to know if your farming practices and the things you're doing are right for this program. And I, I think you just need to check it out. Every farm is different. Practices are different. Soils are different. Yields are different. And you need to find out if it's right for you. And um, I would just encourage you to talk to somebody. Uh, and so Locus, L-O-C-U-S. Yes, and L-O-C-U-S, Locus Ag Solutions. Locus Ag Solutions. And then they do a carbon scorecard, you're saying. And then with that, I can say, uh, yes, I know till, uh, but I also do this and this. And so and you're going to know whether you have a viable uh, opp- opportunity to sell uh, carbon. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, you're gonna. It's gonna be about a ten minute conversation, and you're gonna know if you should go forward with it or if you should not. Got it. Uh, you are involved in a venture that you've mentioned a couple of times, and I think it's worth repeating. Uh, Extreme Ag, real quickly, uh, because you'd like people to keep up with what you're doing over there. In addition to farming sixty three hundred acres with your your uh, family and uh, raising four hundred, uh, having four hundred cow calf uh, pairs out there. Uh, what else? You got something going with Extreme Ag? Tell me about this. Extreme Ag is uh, six high yield farmers from across the United States and an, uh, our agronomist, Melissa. Um, when I say high yield, it's because the six of us have all had a fair amount of success in the NCGA corn yield contest or so- in the soybean contest in the various states. We, um, Brian and Darren Hefty, Hefty Seed, Ag PhD. We are all involved in their field day. We all got to be friends and uh, we have all done some speaking engagements, things like that. So we created Extreme Ag to uh, to work together and to help farmers. And it's a subscription-based website where you can subscribe to it. We make videos, you can email us questions and we don't tell you what to do on your farm. We just tell you what we're doing on our farm and we wanna help you improve your ROI. It isn't about chasing high yields. We do enjoy doing that, but it's it's about helping you improve your ROI and we can help. We believe if we can answer one question, we'll help shorten your learning curve and maybe help you do a better job easier. Hey, uh, you know what? But first off, yes. And if they, anybody wants to check that out, it's Extreme Ag. There's no E. It's just extremeag.farm, right? That's right. Okay. Uh, by the way, you talk about being a yield person. I, I'm, I'm going to be speaking to a, a wheat yield uh, event that's tied into Commodity Classic. I'm going to be doing it virtually for a company called West Bread. I will make the funny here that uh, I, I've, I've always made the joke that, hey, you, you grew 400 bushel corn, $5 a bushel, that's $2,000 an acre. But it cost you $2,700 to do that. But hey, you got a trophy, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you, you fertilize the hell out of it. You're out there every night with your with your spade. You know it costs you it costs you seven hundred dollars more than you made on that acre, but you got a trophy anyway. It's a bit like the livestock showing people. Yeah, you got a, right. you, got a you got a blue ribbon and a banner. 
you know, only cost you a fourteen thousand dollars steer that's now hanging on is now hanging on the on the hook over there at the packing plant, and they gave you sixteen hundred for it. But that's okay. All right, I, I think we can always joke about some of these things. Closing thoughts. You got any? A carbon farming, you know, future carbon. Carbon is uh, the key to higher yields. It puts energy in the soils, helps the microbial activity in your soils. I want to sequester as much carbon as I possibly can because it's what's best for my soil, which is best for my crops. The fact that I can now sell it in the carbon market and, uh, you know, hopefully it will help the environment someday. That's great. That, that's a feel-good story. I don't know why anybody would not want to be part of it. His name is Kelly Garrett. He told you how to find him at the website, extremeag.farm. My name's Damian Mason. You have just concluded another wonderful, educational, informational, insightful episode of the business of agriculture, which is brought to you by Harvest Profit, a software that makes your farm or ag enterprise more profitable. You can go to harvestprofit.com to check it out and use it for free for 14 days just to see if it's going to work for you. And I promise you it will. My name is Damian Mason. His name is Kelly Garrett, uh, Kelly Garrett with the Garrett Land and Cattle Company of Denison, Iowa. I thank you for being a guest. Thank you, sir. I enjoyed being on. You betcha. Till next time, it's the business of agriculture. If you've enjoyed this episode of the business of agriculture, please share it with your network. Be sure to connect with Damien on LinkedIn, like his Facebook fan page, and follow him on Instagram and Twitter. For speaking inquiries or to purchase Damien's books, Food Fear, or Do Business Better, go to DamienMason.com.